Here on Anderson Street, it's all about provocative conversation at the dinner table. And you know this. Imagine a conversation with everyday people about our Bill of Rights. Did you imagine that you didn't quite remember all of them? (laughs) Us too. This is about the freedoms or the First Amendment with Brandon, Jay, Neil, Kim, and Marcel. Welcome back to the table. Freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, freedom to petition. Okay? There you go. That was like more than I just like. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought it was about my life. That's the first one. That's the first one. Wow, I really haven't. What's in it? It's in a moment. 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 It's in a uh, system of values. And do you think that should pervade, or is it time for a change? Uh, pervade, actually. Um, I think um, it's worked for us so far. And I think when you start opening up the door just for uh, various uh, belief systems into into our constitution, into our way of life. It just, uh, I think, it opens up a Pandora's box. For example, we just had um, two Muslim congresswomen, uh-huh. right? And one of them asked to wear a hijab. Yeah. And this, and there was this rule that you're not supposed to cover your head. That was like I think 180 years old. That's that, shocking. Right. That you know, like, listen, this is just sure. a rule. Yeah. And um, I think that we should have kept that rule. As opposed to accommodating this with one person, like okay, I I want to wear a hijab. Okay. Um, so you see how it could sort of uh, trickle down, and uh, all other things could you know come into play. Wait, so you're so. saying that you you just said that freedom of religion should continue, but you're saying that the rule in Congress that she should be able to wear a hijab, but based on upon her Judeo-Christian Judeo-Christian values, values yeah, so that right. should pervade. Well, okay. So yeah. my question there though is, how do you reconcile? those ideas like what, why what, if someone is free to practice a religion however they should so please and at this time we have people who are of, of you know Islam faith uh, in our society and our representatives in Congress why should they not be able to you know also that's just the first amendment um, right but it goes back to this country being built on Judeo-Christian values so you're saying that freedom of religion should only exist insofar as it upholds Judeo-Christian values? In pertaining to the, the amendments. Mm-hmm. You know, this country um, was also built on genocide and slavery, so should those things pervade as well? I, I think we're on religion, though. Yeah. yeah. We're not. We're not. I, no, but, but it's, 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 it's a right. right. I thought people came over here so that they could have freedom of religion, so... You know, it, it was kind of not about Judeo-Christian. It was about being able to like practice freely. But the foundation was yeah. on Christian, or maybe it wasn't Judeo-Christian. What was no, it? it? I mean, from my understanding, it was just it was she, Christian. Oh, it was Prodies. Yeah, Protestant, anyway. and they came Wizarding. to America like to hmm. wasn't it? Practice I think it's Protestantism. From from my from my understanding, I have to of remember course, my elementary school. Right, from my understanding, <laughs> and this is without taking a look, of course, at at you know. English history was that it was to break free from British monarchy. Yeah, so they could... Um, right, which was the Holy Roman Catholic Empire. Right. Right. 
So we've got a That's teacher who is not agreeing. So where did we where did we go wrong here? Oh, also, Gabe can't, can't keep it in anymore. Well, like, put us on the right track so we can get the conversation yeah. back on track. We don't know anything. <laughs> the reason why they came over, first of all, was because of freedom of religion. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the Brits were Protestant. Right. Okay. And uh, so the Roman Catholic Church had nothing to do with it. Okay. They came here, but remember that was in six, 1610, okay, 1620, and uh, the, this whole thing of the Bill of Rights did not come up until 1789. Sure, but the foundation of the freedom of religion was in the Bill of Rights. It's not based on uh, Christian Judeo. It's based on you can practice. Any religion, mm-hmm. any religion, the the government cannot force you yeah. to uh, join a religion, and they can't stop you from having your own religion, whatever it may be. But at that time, yeah. most of the people that were here were. It doesn't specify. Those well, were well, I'm just saying historically they were Judaism are not mentioned in there. No, no, I understand. Religion is mentioned. That's it. Oh. I, I think, well, at least I had that understanding. I'm just trying to understand specifically um, what, was, what was their intent at that time. And so that actually brings us to another conversation with the Constitution in itself. Yeah. The big argument within the Constitution today and how it should be applied between liberals and conservatives is, should, and, and specifically on the Supreme Court, how we look at judges, is um, constructionist a view of the concept of the yeah. constitution looking at it as our quote unquote founding fathers viewed right. it right. or if we look at the constitution as a living breathing document right. that is, which that should is change and, and modernize Correct. itself with the time so those are um, two sides of the coin that are often discussed in scholastic you know yeah um, but also that's how judges and that's how they actually people kind of select um, you know what federal judges or Supreme Court is like okay is a for instance Scalia sure. is a strict constructionist right um, to the book to how it was right. written at the time yeah they believe that it should be looked at exactly how they meant it at that time um, and you're of the opposing thought I, I am and I think yeah, that's too. the more rational way to look at it I don't think so um, I believe that freedom of religion is freedom of religion inside this country so what more could you ask for? Um, I grew up in a street where I had a mosque across the street and I was next to a church. Mm. So, I mean, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know where the issues lie in terms of freedom of religion. I think issues lie when, you, when you're mixing religion and politics, religion and education, religion mm-hmm. and policing. Um, like, when you, when you try to intertwine religion and those things, it gets messy. So the founding fathers got it right the first time. I wouldn't say I'm a constructionist. I wouldn't say I'm a new age liberal. I don't identify myself. But they got it right the first time. So when people try to look for things that don't exist, it gets messy. And uh, just to make my point clear, in terms of uh, freedom of religion, I think that we're uh, living in a country that has the utmost freedom in terms of religion. You can go and be whatever you'd like. You want to be a Christian on Monday and then a Muslim on Saturday, you can do that. If you want to be all in one, you can do that too. Um, I can a, become a cult leader. Yeah, you yeah. can choose that too. You can have no know. religion. You, you want you want to drink Obviously. gallons of mm-hmm. ayahuasca and, and and ponder life. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that 
when we go into that category of what does this mean why am i here like what is the, what do they really mean when they say freedom of religion the water's not that deep right, right. <laughs> specifically like to be clear we're actually on the same side of the coin right and specifically as it relates to freedom um from religion there's not like and there, there's not much ambiguity amongst no. like reasonable minds but it's freedom from religion and freedom to religion so there's freedom from so where you don't have like so that's why our government entities you know people were like after a certain point you shouldn't have to say the pledge of allegiance in school because yeah. they're like we should have freedom from it like if we do not want to participate we should also have that freedom because of the line that says under god yes right. yeah mm-hmm. i feel like what you said about the water not being deep is like so I feel like I there's you. two conversations here, right? So there's one about like, do does the Bill of Rights make sense? But I think you cannot ignore that the application of these things is not equal across people. So if you are a, a practicing Muslim in this country, you have a very different fucking experience than a person who practices uh, Catholicism or Christianity. Same thing for maybe like Buddhists, I don't know, but I feel like Muslims get it the worst. Um, so I just feel like there's, we can't be like, you can't just say, yeah, everybody should be able to practice it, and it's not that deep. It gets deep when the way you are treated in society because of the religion you practice is um, is different than the way other people are, are, are treated. Are you referring to social norms? Yeah, but that's yeah, all yeah, part yeah. of it. You cannot, you can't separate these things. Right, okay. but even throughout what you're saying, they're still practicing. You know, mosques still exist, temples still exist, churches are still here. We're, we don't have an issue when it comes to practicing religion in this country. We have an issue when there's people saying, you can't practice that mm-hmm. on my street. Correct. When I walk down the street, I don't want to see Jews. When I go to the park, I don't want to see Muslims praying. Like, that's a social norm issue. As opposed to a As opposed construction. To, you can't, this is in the you can't have right a church issue. here because our city law says you can't have a church here. That doesn't exist in this country. So, um, I hear what you're saying. Um, there's a lot of issues in certain municipalities with uh, religions and I don't like this and I don't like that. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say again, I don't believe that we have a religion issue in this country. Everyone can be whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And it's they're all institutions to better oneself. And there's negatives and positives in every institution. But I don't think we have an issue. And No, we definitely do. Because they're not disconnected. You can't... Like, there's... With law, right? You have the, the the black letter of the law, right? And then you have the policy behind it. And the po- policy is w- why it's enacted and how it affects individuals. And so the two aren't disconnected. Although what we'd like to be like, we'd like to believe like, oh, the law says this, it is what it is. That's just not how life works. Mm-hmm. And that's not how this country has worked historically. So although like, I, I feel you, like I'd love it to be like that, um, but it's just not. It's just not. Additionally, even still intertwined with our policies and laws that we um, put forth on the world now, um, we stand behind specific entities because of the religious foundations, specifically with, um, you know, what our policy is and interacting with Israel versus Palestine. So um, although, you know, we'd say there's a freedom of religion, we do as American society, as a country, whether we do as individuals or not, hold Christianity much higher than, uh, and Juda- Judaism, higher than other religions. Well, I need to go back to what you said about Muslims getting it the hardest mm-hmm. in this country. Well, um, there's, there's a, the thing with Islam, Islam is really an ideology in my mind. It's a way of life. It consumes 
all aspects of your life, right? So I've had my issue. I have my little issues with Islam and the way um, it's. Um, it sort of like seeps into our, our way of our, our society. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to the 50 plus Muslim countries, you know, around the world, mm-hmm. right? And you, you know, s- interact with their, the minorities who are not Muslims. Like, they'll have a whole different entire feedback in terms of what it's like to live in a Muslim majority society. You know, mm-hmm. it's like walking in eggshells. Can you ma- yeah. now okay. imagine Indonesia, walk, Malaysia, now, Pakistan? Like if, oh, if you are sure. a Christian in Pakistan, you literally are watching right. your back right. every single moment. That's, that's what I'm saying. Gnostic. So that's what I'm saying. So we live in a country yeah. where you don't have to walk down the street and watch your back because you're a Muslim or because you're a Christian or. Um, well, you have the Bill of Rights protecting you from that. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I know what she's saying that there's specific situations throughout this country that have proved otherwise, but those are specific and, and isolated. Would you events. say that because we live in such a region like this one, we have a bit of a better time? Hundred percent. I know that, where you're going. You, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like you live in a diverse bubble. New York City is a bubble. It's not very segregated, actually. No, but my point is, like, totally if you're in the middle of the country and you are a Muslim or you are a Latter Day Saint or whatever, and you're not different. living where, right? Like, and you live in a municipality or a town that has, you know, all the funds are allocated toward mm-hmm. ensuring the mosque isn't built. Like, that's real. That's totally right. Like that's real, and that's what you're saying. So, like, could you both be right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that we both share adequate views on the subject. You know, I just. But we also live in this bubble. That is. I can only tell you about your schools from here. Right. Yeah, I can only tell you. Well, that's important perspective. Right. That's important perspective because the nation that we live in, this specifically area, this metropolitan area that we live in, is a is a a very populated bubble. And if we if we go through the Bible Belt, you know, in the Midwest, or if we go to the South and different, your um, your statements wouldn't ring as true. You know, people wouldn't you wouldn't be able to um, wear a hijab and walk down the street and not worry about watching your back specifically. Mm. Um, so I we're, think we're also in post nine eleven. Let me ask you Living in, in the tri-state area, what is it to me that go, something goes on in Alabama or something goes on in, in Idaho? You know, like what? Why am I worrying about that? Because I mean, if you have value for, I guess, the values of this country and the values that you uphold, you should be equally as concerned how another person is being treated in another part of that country that you value that has the same values that you, you know, purport to uphold. Basic like, humanity. Yeah. Are you a human? Can you understand and be empathetic to somebody else's experiences yeah. just because they are not relevant to you? For sure. So well, I'm more worried about what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, let me let me give you an example. I tried to volunteer for like the Big Brother, Little Brother program last week, and um, I got denied because uh, I, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't the same person a couple years ago. Uh, I was, you know, I, was, I wouldn't say angry, but I was, you know, I, I felt like at any moment, you know, if you were disrespecting me across me, my life was in danger. I can't explain to you why. I just how I felt. So because of how I was, this program won't accept me because of whatever, you know, right. something happened reason why I bring that up is because I see around me an opportunity to show people like myself at age 9, age 10, listen, I got the plug. I know what to do. Like, when you're my age, I got you. This is what we need to do. Right, right. But I wasn't given that opportunity, right? So my humanity and my empathy is there. I just could care less about what goes on in middle of America 
when I have so much going on in the tri-state and in my area of the East Coast. Now, that's a real concern. Let me tell you why it matters, though. Because those people that you affect, those people that you want to be mentors for or examples for, could find themselves, you know, those people are going to go out and affect the world. Those people have the ability and opportunity to go out and affect middle America and different parts of the world or the states in a positive way. So, um, you know, your locale can affect like a more broader society. Sure. Than so that's why you should care because it matters. Like you care about those people, things that happen to you in your life where you're like, yo, I had a different perspective. I wasn't in my right mind at the time. People are just like you in all parts of the country, in all parts of the world. So if you can be an example here, you can be an example elsewhere. So if you can only touch these people, these people aren't only touching here. These people it's are exponential. But yeah, that's probably, and also, probably. how far does that care go? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're saying you care less about Middle America, but like you don't even know if someone that you're affecting today that lives mm-hmm. in your hood right now is going to end up moving to Middle America, and you've just affected Middle America. Right. right? So it happens organically. Yeah. I'm just not that person to sit there and watch TV and and worry about someone something that's going on that far away. You know, if it wasn't for my TV, <laughs> I would never know. Right. It's in, to his defense. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> <they're friends. laughs> I'm trying to moderate, but I'm like. <laughs> no, to your defense, though, when you talk to people across the country and you ask them about their their 9/11 experience, right? Oh, it's a whole different perspective from their compared to someone from the um, yeah, yeah. tri-state area. I'm from the West Coast. You could go into so that, actually. Yeah. Right. You know, so uh, so I could kind of see, understand yeah. where, it's not that you're being, like, insensitive or anything of that sort, but it's just... It is different. If, if you were here during 9-11 and the post effect, I'm interested. Actually, let's go Let's go down that. What was your experience 9-11? Wait, is everyone from, from this area? Where no, from? no. I think let's. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, so I was in I was in the area. I was um, my uh, I think very early twenties, late teens, if I remember correctly. <laughs> where are you from? So, Everybody doesn't know where you're from. From oh, I'm from New York. Okay, so okay. I'm an, I'm a native. I'm a, I'm yep. a local, or whatever like that. So uh, I remember very vividly that you know that. Uh, ter- it was a beautiful day actually yeah. the day before it was rainy if it had happened on that Monday it would have been more devastating because it was cloudy rainy crappy weather and the next day it was, be- it was a beautiful sunshine yeah. day you know and uh, so after it happened leading up to uh, days after the event there was just this terrible tension in the air where everyone was just um, uneasy we just didn't know how to like look at each other and there was just like it was like this dark cloud hovering all all over us, and we were Literal easily and yeah, literally and figuratively, and it was we were just very easily agitated as well, and um, and it it just it it just, we were just numbed out for a while, and we just were in a in a zone, and you didn't know how to you just didn't know how to like be yourself, you know, or talk to know? people, or talk to who, to people. Talk to? who to talk to, what to say, whatever. And you have to wonder if um, the rest of the country was like that, but it was really, you know, that everyone in New York City. Where were you like literally? Um, I was, because I was, I actually was working at a local news station at that time, <laughs> but I was sleeping. Wow. It was my day off, right? So I, I, was, I was a journalist throughout my 20s. And um, it's my day off, and um, I was living with my mom, and she woke me up, and of course, the rest is just, yeah sure. so because I had done the night shift and okay. I was like sleeping so okay. um, but yeah it was um, a very tense situation leading up to, you know the, the weeks after there was a, when you went down to the area there you could smell death yeah. if, if there's something if you could ever describe that that smell you could re- it you yeah. could really 
Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Um, so you're of like an ethnically ambiguous brown, like no one yeah. knows, right? Like so, did anybody come at you after 9/11 um, in a way that was maybe you've never experienced before? No. Due to, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, because it's New York City after all. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's in New York, it's still New York City. It happened. The, you know, it happened here. You know, on our. You know, sure. in New York City. But overall, we're still in New York City. Um, so whenever there is sort of like um, a hate crime, I'm always a little bit suspicious okay. in New York City because there's more it, of the story. It's more. There's, sometimes there's a lot to a story. Like there was a, there was a Baruch student a couple years ago, two years ago. Um, she made she she claimed that these it was right after President Trump was elected. Mm. She claimed that these um, white men grabbed her hijab in the sixth train, mm-hmm. and um, and nice. yeah, on the sixth train, you know, whatever, on Twenty Third Street, yeah, yeah. and said some anti you know Muslim stuff to her, whatever sure. like that. Now I thought that was a little bit odd. The location, you you Twenty Third Street, Twenty Third, whatever like that. So yeah. something like that to go to happen. It was just like countless amounts of people, you know. Avail, you know, there. It just, it just happen, struck yeah. you. Yeah, it kind of struck me. So I knew off the back there was something a little bit odd about that. And lo and behold, it was. It was a hoax. You know, because she stayed out late, she went drinking, and she made up that story to, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, she was scared, you know? She, sure, sure, sure. You sure, know, sure, she sure. comes yeah. from a you yeah. know, conservative background, strict background. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's New York City still after all. So we are still a multi ethnic, multi So she stayed out late drinking and. Yes, so and then. It wasn't a hate crime? Panic. It wasn't a hate crime. She had a. <laughs> yeah, she had, they ended up shaving her head because in Egyptian culture, when you shave a girl's head, it's a sign of shame. So, <laughs> so, but going back to now. Wait, wait, so what yes. happened though? <laughs> so, so, yeah, she lied. She lied. She made, she made a lie. She, the bottom line is she lied. We can find yeah. that out later afterwards. Okay, fine. I'm interested in <laughs> continuing the 9 11 experience. No, no, right. So, because, I mean, we are trying to keep on par lightly. So yeah. That's a heavy tangent. We can lightly change it. In terms of religion and yeah. fitting that into post 9 11, it's pretty difficult for certain groups. And um, I remember. Seeing a lot of it, like I, I, I witnessed it. I've never partake, you know, because you know, hence, you know, a lot of my best friends and people in my life right. are Palestinian. Yeah, um, I hold that community very close to me. Yeah, um, but I remember being too young. I was what fifth grade. Uh, no one, my yeah. parents, you know, they were still learning English. I, uh, I didn't really know exactly who's to blame or what was the cause. So whatever I saw on Fox Five. Whatever I saw on WB11 at the time was what I knew. Mm. And I did know that certain groups of religions in my school and in my neighborhood were getting it. And I just I just didn't have an opinion on it. Because I was like, look. Well, you saw also in fifth grade. Yeah. Like, I knew, <laughs> as I got older. Sure, sure. As I got yeah. older, the whole, oh, you're a terrorist thing. Yeah. I found that offensive because if you, if, if you weren't Puerto Rican, you were Mexican. So if yeah. if you had a Even turban, you were a terrorist. So Even Dominican. <laughs> so yeah. I was, I didn't like it for the simple fact that you know, if I'm not Puerto Rican, but I'm not Mexican, you know. Right. So the excuses for misappropriation yeah, are, so are rampant. I was never, I was never about that life. Sure. You know, I was always like, listen, um, I think the story's a lot bigger. I don't think that a certain religion has to do with what happened. I think the issue is too big for me to understand. Uh, but on a local level, I was like, you're my boy. You're my homegirl. Like, don't worry about it. We're cool. Sure. And that's it. 
You know Community. what I mean? So at that time, freedom of religion was very difficult for some yeah. groups. Yes. Okay. What's your background for? I missed it. Me, I'm Colombian. Okay. I'm born there. Okay. okay. Uh, but my last name is Arab. So okay. when I would go into college and they would see that, like, I had professors ask me, you Muslims? I was like, no, dude, I'm, I'm Colombian. Okay. My last name is a city in Spain that was ran by the Moors, hence why it's Arab. Right, right, right. Oh, the city was that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously. So, um, <laughs> I always said, funny story. Even when I got in trouble, I got in trouble, and I went to a certain place. <laughs> yeah. I went to a certain place, and I saw my information. They put me under Afghanistan. I, I woke up one day. I was like, "Listen, you guys need to change this right now because <laughs> that's not where I'm from." Yeah. Right. So I. I've dealt with that. Like mm-hmm. without me, without them seeing my face and me on paper. Mm-hmm. I've had to deal with that since right. even my right. father has had to deal with that. Freedom of religion is not an issue. I go back to that. Speaking of 9-11, it was an issue. We've overcame it. There's issues okay. with every religion. And, you know, it's just part of life. It's just what we have to deal with. Living in a country with so many rights. You know, and so many jobs. That's what happens. It's like going to open bar. You're going to have to deal with some, some, some shitty people open bar. Your analogy levels are above par, I will say. I will, I will know, like, you be doing that, and I respected it. Okay, blessings. Um, yeah, so, yeah, 2001, I was, like, 11 in, like, sixth grade, whatever. Um, but where were you? In Virginia Beach. So, like, no concept of, like, the effect that it was having here in New York, which it was magnified and very intense, and I get that. Um, of course, it wasn't until I got older um, that I realized that, like, um, how hard the backlash was for the entire uh, Muslim community. My dad practices Islam, actually, um, as, a, as a black man. Um, and so I feel a little bit tied to this issue, right? Um, I think he never got it because I think people have an idea of what a Muslim person looks like. Right. My dad is a dark-skinned right. black man. He's not a brown person. Um, and so I think that, that maybe saved him in that instance. But I think, again, just tying this all back to freedom of religion, we're saying that, yes, we do agree that people, I think we're all in agreement that people should be able to practice whatever religion they want, but I think you cannot disconnect that from the fact that that in practice, that doesn't get to happen. Like when you have people, and, and I think it's interesting that you say that we have moved beyond that. To me, that is the post-racial America argument, right? We are not beyond any of this. We are not beyond Muslim people getting attacked. We are not beyond mosques getting bombed, uh, synagogues getting shot up. Like that shit is real. And, and that lets you know right there that like, yes, while freedom of religion is in this wonderful theory that we live with, there's a lot of people in this world who feel like those people should not be in my country and I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to get them the fuck out of here. Not only that, those people are actually our representatives in government as well and have said so on the record. So that's, those are things to just keep in perspective when we have this conversation. And this is not like, oh, it happened. Like, these things are recorded, you know? Um, and they say those things so they can speak towards the people that they actually do represent who believe the same thing. Um, do you have so an experience? Yeah. Wait, no, yeah. but I just think that was we important. Yeah, we're not going to skip you, but I just needed to. <laughs> yeah, I just I wanted to make that caveat. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in sixth grade. I was in social studies, and mm-hmm. I remember that everybody was was everybody the people that talk on the intercoms were tripping, and there were like secret codes being strewn about, and all of us sixth graders were like something's happening, we're all gonna go home, right? And um, a, the days of the projector, so let's like, 
pulled in a projector stand with a TV on it, and it was like the black and white, like scratchy, and we kind of saw the news, and it was like. It was not that old. Like, black it was and white. Like, what no, are we no, talking no. about? No, no, our TV, we, didn't have, we didn't have color TVs. We had, no, we didn't have color TVs. They were just like TVs for the VHS. Video, so they weren't connected no, to yes. any real thing. So we kind of got it. It was just mad, like two thousand and two or one. one. Yeah, yeah, no, it was like that, and like in Jer- in Hackensack, Jersey. So like right here. Oh, no, we had projectors. Um, but we had projectors. But we yes, had everyone went to the gym. We were the middle school, uh, five six school, and our teacher, Mr. Lambert, said something has happened. There are these two buildings. They are America. People are going to start going home, and. During the day, parents were just coming and grabbing kids and all their friends, like all the kids' friends, too, were like, your mom's not coming, don't worry, we're taking all of you. And I was like, damn, this is crazy, I can't wait to go home. I don't know what's really going on. Also, I'm in sixth grade, so like, it's not cool to trip out, right? So I was also trying to be cool. And I knew that like my parents were both working in Hoboken, which was closer to the water, which was closer to the city. And at some point during the day, I remember like we started to get this the soot smell like it, it had then wow. traveled to us and I was like oh something is happening and I was at um, Trish, Trish Gardner's house um, for hours and the parent uh, Trish Gardner was at the TV waiting she was on the phone her husband worked downtown he and there were hordes of people that were able to escape that and they walked from downtown right so where the World Trade Center was up to where George George Washington Bridge is. So this is, I don't know, 13 13 miles. And then walked across the bridge and then tried to find their way home walking. There was gridlock everywhere. People were picking people up off the bridge. People were trying to get everybody home. It was wild. And then, um, you know, my dad and, like, all the men in my family were first responders for 9-11. So, Shout out. yeah. So uh, Sim was a, was a captain over there in Hoboken, so he had to go over to the city um, and really manage a lot of the emergency response. Uh, I had another uncle that, you know, worked for New Jersey Transit, so, like, the trains and, like, getting people back and forth. I mean, all ends of that kind of emergency response system. So that has been that sort of law enforcement uh, experience is my experience. So, um, veterans, first responders, at particular 9-11 stuffs ha- is very close to my heart because, like, it is my heart, right? Like, that's my blood. And um, luckily, no, no one that I know perished at that time, but um, it's, it's, it's very close to home. I mean, people are now coming out with the cancers and the illnesses as a result of being so close by. Um, you know, my mom was, was teaching in Hoboken at that time, saw it from, like, your window or whatever. Like, it was all very close to us, very, like, right under our noses. And I remember afterwards, specifically, there was an attack on um, some Sikh uh, men who owned a, you know, Indian store. And they were attacked now. Right. Not even the same religion, get it right. Not even the same religion. And so that is what always sticks in my mind. Like, look, we have these laws that are written and they were so well-intentioned. I'm sure at a time where like, you know, slavery was, yeah, right. It was a debatable time, but like, that's what was known at that time. The things that were defaulted at that time were the defaults at that time. Okay. In practice and in seeing what people come to when they are um, provoked, 
in such a visceral and overt way like this, the defense mode is something that is now New York, I think. So I think that we are not beyond, but in a way that everyone is on heavy defense mode. And that's based upon how people look. So that is the people that attacked these Sikh guys didn't know that like the 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 difference. yeah the difference in the turbans that the, right. that the Sikh guys wore in their um they they have beards. the yeah their beards which beards may resonate with someone else who doesn't know any better that it's the Taliban you know like okay but like wrong that's crazy and ignorance. so right it's crazy, crazy ignorance and that happens even here right. in New York one of the more yeah, absolutely. you know and so. Huh. Yeah, we have a super long way to go, and I I do think that 9-11 changed the game for now, forward. That's yeah. it. It's because changed now. Um, that, that, I don't know if that even answers it, but that's what I think, and that was my experience. I'm interested to know what the West Coast felt about. Right, Vegas. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Las Vegas. Um, I lived there until I graduated high school, and the morning of, I was actually in ninth grade. Um, oh, that's funny. Oh, I didn't know that. But I love younger than you. That's crazy. But no, but um, I was I was in ninth grade, and um, I remember I was specifically in Spanish class when I uh, figured out what was going on. And um, he put on the television. No, 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 no. That is not true. That's I was in ninth. I was in Spanish class when the second plane. Oh. When the first plane hit, I hadn't left the house yet. Um, I walked in. I used to watch the, the Today Show every morning. <laughs> You're saying? Oh, oh, it's just a thing. Lori Roseanne. So, I was watching Save the Bell. Right, like oh, right. yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I walk in my mom's room. Uh, my my father was out of town for work. My my father is a career firefighter, fighter administrator, oh, homeland so security, yeah. uh, and he was actually in D.C. Um, oh. Yeah, he was in D.C. at the time. So I walk in my mother's room with my backpack to leave the house, and I watched. Oh. Like, the first plane hit. And my mom was like, there's something going on. Like She was like, this doesn't seem right. Right off the back from the first plane? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because like, most people plane. just thought, oh, sure. just, yeah. yeah but that's an no. incredible. She, like, she said, she was like, this, a plane hitting a build, like, this doesn't. That's super serious. She was like, in New York, like, nah, nah, something's going on. So I left the house. I remember I was in Spanish class. I mean, the second plane definitely hit short after, but I was in oh, Spanish class when they confirmed that it was terrorism. That's what it was. When they confirmed, like, okay, this is definitely had, um, it was terrorism. So anyway, the first thing I was thinking about was, okay, um, I knew, you know, something had also transpired in D.C. Right. And I knew that my father was out there. Um, so although I had never, of course, been in New York at that time, and I was like, wow, this is terrible, I did not couldn't grasp like you all could you know um what it all meant or even what it felt like i just knew that my father was in dc and i was like oh is he gonna be able to get home of course they shut down all the airports and um you know once we found out like he was safe you know like i was cool and i remember i remember he had to drive from dc to like he had to drive yeah Mm -hmm. to another airport a couple days and then 
wait overnight until they opened up that airport because they wouldn't open them in D.C. So I think he went to Delaware or something like that. And for me, as a young person, I thought that was like super far. Now that I live, <laughs> right. here, I was like, yeah, to drive to Delaware. Right. But now that I, you know, now I know like D.C. to Delaware is. Then pull out the Atlas. Yeah, right. Where is right. It? <laughs> the Atlas. Right, right. Dead. But um, all in all, it was, um, of course, not something that you never forget, but hearing you guys, you all stories, it's uh, much more like visceral and tangible you know yeah mm. absolutely you know this is interesting because it's so funny how you guys all we all remember where we were that day mm-hmm. and there's very there's some there's few events in american history where um we all know where we were you know where it happened in our in our, in our yeah, i mean history. for example yes in our lifetime they got mad things that, that yeah like jfk, JFK like it's called war woodstock they got mad cool. things actually so <laughs> Give us your experience. Um, so I was in Texas at the time. I, I'm oh. from Texas. What part? Um, I'm from Houston. I um, was in Austin at the time because I was in college. Okay. And I lived in Austin for like 10 years before I moved to New York. So she got uh, the, the spot. Right. Yeah. Austin's yeah. the spot now. I was a sophomore <laughs> in college <laughs> when that happened. Um, so I don't. I can't speak to what you know what the experience was like here in New York. Right. Um, but I, you know, I've. I'm Indian, and I've actually I. I dated a guy once and he, he told me what his experience was like because he would get mistaken for being, although he's not Muslim, like for being Muslim and- He's Indian? He and was, He was Indian, uh-huh. right? And so he, um, you know, experienced a lot of backlash while he was living here. But, um, so my, my dad actually, my dad comes, uh, he's from Bangladesh, so which is a Muslim majority country. Yep. So, um, and he's Hindu, so he's a minority in that country. And um, my parents, and so my dad was actually a journalist during um, East and West Pakistan, like the, when Bangladesh and Pakistan divided. And in wow. the, yeah. Wow. And so he's been persecuted by Muslims mm-hmm. and, you know, because he would expose a lot of corruption in the government. Yeah, government. And so, wow. Um, my, it's funny because my parents have a lot of like anti-Muslim sentiment because they, their because of their experience in India and Bangladesh. But when they came to this country, actually, they are like some of my first like our friends in this country were Muslim families because we speak the same language, and and like my my like dear friend growing up when I was like from kindergarten was like a Muslim girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I always like struggle with that because I see, you know, we're in this country here and we live amongst, and they have, you know, these friends that are Muslim, but then they still have this kind of um, unreconciled, like they, like in the same heart or whatever, they have these two feelings, right? Um, so I, I, I don't, um, I don't like, I, I sometimes get into like big fights with my parents about this. Um, um, 
But to, I wanted to say something about what you were talking about, like not caring about, you know, what happens, right. what yeah, happens yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah, else in the she world. Held she held on. I held off. <laughs> 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 what, what happens? Wait. <laughs> Just wait. Like, we're here. <laughs> um, Go for it. What happens, uh, you know, far away from me, not in my locale. I mean, 9-11 happened because it was a bunch of disenfranchised like Muslim men in their countries who were very frustrated and they turned to this extreme form of religion and that's they got brainwashed and they flew the planes into our built you know our buildings and mm -hmm. so it does matter what happens abroad because it affected us at home and now we're in this you know post 9-11 world because of it so it, I mean, anyways, so that's what I was saying. Yeah. On a macro level? Yeah, so... I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on macro issues. Mm-hmm. Like, um... But it's micro now, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> but, <laughs> but it doesn't affect you day-to-day, -day, and you're oh. talking about your day-to-day. -day. But the thing that you said that didn't matter to you is a macro issue, though. Okay. So, um, um, the growth we, is at the on this show, we get off on a lot of tangents. Yeah, well, and yeah, well, I'm please. one of the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so Look, we're allowed to be tangential. Like, we're allowed to be tangential. If it goes too far right, no, I will bring us back. If you guys see me, like, scanning through information, right, mm -hmm. it's because I want to keep on topic. So, macro issues to me that mm -hmm. matter water, currency, my family in Colombia, um, and I can't think of any more uh, right now, but there, there are less than 10 macro issues that mm -hmm. on a daily basis I pay attention to mm -hmm. that are important to me. Um, our relations with certain countries, our relation with North Korea, our relationship with Iran, China. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our trade agreement with, with oh, China. Um, those are macro issues, personally, that, that I just gravitate to. Sure. Micro issues worldwide that I pay attention to would be um, refugee issue in Europe, okay? Uh, water issues in Colombia. Um, black and Latino um, incarceration <laughs> rates yeah. for nonviolent crimes. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, water issues in the United States. Uh -huh. Those are micro issues. But when I see an isolated event where a black or Latino kid wearing a 3X shirt, a double XL hoodie, walks into a grocery store with not a dollar in his pocket or a debit card in his, in his pocket, is walking into a deli, no gun or anything, and walks out with an issue. I'm saying issue, whatever issue it may be, just walks out with an issue. I'm what like, okay. What do you mean walks out with an issue? The cops stop him. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Something okay. happened. Something happened. Okay. He got stopped. Mm -hmm. He ran over his Got it, got it, got it. just said there's something bigger to that incident, right? So when I see these issues, these micro issues in our country mm -hmm. with like, black and Latino youth, it's like, what were you doing? What were you doing to, to get that attention? Mm -hmm. No, that's big. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even finished. No, you got so it. So when, when these situations happen, I look into it, and I'm like, okay. And if I, for some reason, I deduce that in my personal evaluation that it wasn't him just walking down the street, him flipping through his phone, and he gets tackled down the ground, tackled to the ground. If it wasn't because of that, I know that there was there was something that involved that caught the attention of police or the attention of somebody 
and, and there was an issue. At that point, I disassociate myself and know that that's a local issue. That's a local issue because um, someone called the police in that town and there was an issue. Like, it's not my, I, I don't pay attention to it. But when I see that black and Latino incarceration rates are for nonviolent crimes are through the roof and they're going to for-profit prisons, I'm like, whoa. Right, that pattern is something. Big. Something's going on there. Like, that, that puts my attention, right? But like I said, when, when there's an issue with one individual having an issue with one store or one restaurant, it's like, look, man, I don't know what happened, but that, that's, your, that's your guy's problem. It's, a, it's, a very, it's, a, it's not on my radar. That's what I meant You're by that. You're such a turtle. <laughs> when those things are misassociated, <laughs> he's like, let me, yeah, let me fit in my yeah, shell better. For the term, but, you know, I'm dead. Um, but just, I know it's not my term, but just for the record, those things aren't disassociated. Those things are within they our are country. Yeah. yeah, those things are super interconnected and um, pointed toward each other pointed towards each other because of the foundation of our country. And there's so many different levels. Yeah. I wish I could speak towards that, but I'm sure that's Maybe not... it's a maturity thing I haven't reached yet. No, it's not even a maturity. And the thing is, I can't, I'm not even blaming. I'm just, honestly, I'm not, uh, I'm not blaming you. I'm not coming at you or anything. Like, these conversations are important because a lot of us do not know these things. A lot of us do not know um, why, like, a lot of these messages that we receive and the, the influence, the thoughts that we have. And uh, a lot of times we're just not aware to the truth. And the truth is, because of how America was built in so many different ways, those things are directly pointed towards each other. Even the fact that the, the um, police, um, you know, sit in those communities, just so many layers, you know, mm. to it. And I don't want to sure. take up the whole time. You can't. That, yeah. but That's fine. Are we going to number two yet? I know. I know. Well, Fire. I keep wanting to, but um, you guys keep Fire. loving what's happening, so we can do a harsh curve. Um, um, sharp. Oh. Well, you know what? Though? We don't have to harsh curve. Okay. You know, you know what, last guys? Comment. Last comment. Last comment. No, just to transition into another bill of rights, because we all See, mentioned we, we all know know where we were when 9/11 happened, right? Mm -hmm. So I was in college. You guys were all in school for the most part as well. I was in college too. Um, <laughs> so the OJ trial was also a huge. Oh yeah, the right. Houston now, Rockets were playing. Right. So the reason why, <laughs> yeah, the reason, the reason why I mentioned the, the OJ trial is that the, in reference to the right to a fair trial, right, which is part of the Bill of Rights, it's like right, nine, along the lines yes. of that. But pause on that one. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So in along, the, along because you know we can go on and on with this. I know we can go on and on. I think, right. I think to wrap that one up, yeah. like. I think we all agree that the freedom to religion is necessary and lit, but yeah. in practice, like any other thing that's written down, and it's then whoever tough. takes yeah, the practicing tough. of that thing, yeah, is they don't connect; they're yeah. disconnected. You know, it's a muscle. It's a muscle. You Here he is with the analogies. <laughs> correct, correct. I just let it, you know. But I think that's the conclusion we'll continuously point back to. No, I'm I'm agreeing with you. It's on, we're in the same. It's the, yes. the conclusion we're going to continuously come yeah. back to is that our Constitution, Bill of Rights, amendments mean something, but they don't point towards how we live right. today in society. That's the conclusion we're going to continuously come back to. Okay, right. number two, or whatever the hell. <laughs> mm -hmm. what do you, I don't know, it's like 50 in the first one, so what the hell are you going to say? Yeah, we got to do press. Yeah. We got to do press. We got to oh, do press. I was figuring we were just going to like, okay. We're going to be here till tomorrow. I know, damn. I know. I like, There's a lot of things happening. I mean, <laughs> do, okay. Well, actually, y'all let me know. I, I'm interested in number two, but... Let's go to two. Let's go to jump two. No, let's do press. Uh, the right to bear arms. Yeah, we okay. need to jump to number two. For sure. sure. No, because some of the ones are, like, stupid. Yeah, how about you guys? <laughs> some of the 
like don't like the no, soldier one or I whatever. Think, like well, that's, a, that's the thing. I think that. <laughs> I guess since you're, you know, moderating, I think that we should continue to go to them. But some of them are going to point back to the one. To other ones. Yeah. yeah. To other ones, yeah. Like, yeah. There's only 10. We can go through. Well, I mean, there's like 15 in that first one. So there's a lot like in the first one. to everything. It's but they, yeah. this, the foundation is freedom of speech. So freedom of assembly is adjacent to freedom of speech. Correct. Freedom of religion yeah. is freedom Correct. of speech. Correct. So like, Co- they're all Correct. freedom of speech. Freedom, freedom of press is freedom of speech. Freedom yes. of pe- press, I think, is really important, especially with what's going on today. The people? I mean, I'm into it. Well, I think I guess I don't have much to say on the topic, but I feel like freedom of press is really important today because with all the fake news going on, freedom of press is you know the fourth estate, right? So they it's the counterbalance against the branches of government, and so it's like. The press, is, the press is job to tell the truth. Correct. Elaborate with the, with the fake right. news. Right. Journalists are here, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, right? you could, yeah, you could elaborate a little so, on that. Yeah. Um, wait, what do you want me to elaborate <laughs> Well, what's your definition of fake news? Fake news is when they're giving their opinion and not telling the facts. Hmm. Okay, great. And give a but biased this, opinion or their interpret. You, yo, shout out to Trump for identifying yeah. fake news, man. He uh, made that no, real no, term really what he catchy. Did is he put a name on it. He put a name on it. No, but what he really put a name on it. But what he really did is convolute the landscape mm-hmm. of of actual fact mm-hmm. in order to influence individuals to believe that the media was the enemy. Like so that wasn't like a shout out. Like he literally put a brand on this thing called quote unquote fake news and twisted it and identified something that was fact. And coined it something so that it holds that brand with a certain base of people. Yeah, you know right. I think that when you're a public figure, you have no privacy. So it's a that's it's, that's it's within a game, the law. Though. It's a game of cat and mouse. What can what can I get away with without you knowing and without you telling everyone else you know? And also, how do any of us really know the truth of any particular matter that we find in any news anywhere at any point, you whether it be Al Jazeera, NPR, or Fox? Yeah. And that's you know the problem. No and that's, why, that's why we used to be able to rely on certain just values of the press, of certain entities. That's why there is a brand such yeah, as, I'm just going to point them out, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but that's why there is like Washington Post. That's why there's the New York Times, because yeah, you know yeah. that brand has a foundation in fact that you can trust. And why did, why, you know? That's, well, I'm not saying that that's what I believe. I'm saying that's what people point towards because people also, I can go all the way on the other side and say, Fox News, people believe that they can point towards that source as a foundation in facts. It's also someone, a lot of people would have the visceral reaction that you had. So it's on both sides, again. Um, Reactionary. I mean, no, not like it is what it is, but that's how we. They're all brands at the end of the day. Correct. Um, and they're money making machines, and it's right. all a racket, really. And if you, what was that movie that I saw about the um, the papers that got that got? What was that movie? Not Spotlight, but it was about the Washington Post. Please give me what is it? Of course, it's called the Post. Okay. So with Merrill, with Merrill, and it's a good. Um, great job, thank you. So that absolutely riled me up because that was not that long ago in history. What time are we talking? 70s. Thank you. And um, I guess the situation was Merrill's character ha- uh, ended up being married to the head of this of the Washington Post and he had passed away or whatever and right. she ended up overseeing it, right? And something broke in the meantime, a huge, huge story. Gabe, what was the story? Pentagon Great. Love it. This is working. Um, broke the Pentagon Papers, but... Uh, I think it was 
only the Washington Post that had found it through great investigative journalism, and they were deterred and uh, uh, not permitted to go forth with coerced their. Not yeah, they were coerced not to buy the government. Okay, so the big government came in and said, "Freedom of press." <laughs> That's cute. No, because you'll all go to jail. That happens all the time. But that is crazy to me. And so thereby, I think that, of course, if you have, as a person that may believe in your life more than the collective lives, which, let's just be real, is most people, um, maybe you won't put out that one story that could be more truthful than you're purporting on this other medium. So I struggle with that, with really giving any news outlet or any piece of news, it's full credence because I don't believe that they are out mm. here for the governed. Mm. I think they are out here being coerced at any given point by the dollar bills. Or the right? to be well, that's like, corporations, well, okay? But that is corporations, but and that is what this, this, this country <laughs> relies upon. I think there's two narratives always at play, yeah. right? At, there was a time, I think even before we were mature enough to even have a discussion on this topic, but there was a, a time in this country where I presume from the history that I know that there was a certain level of journalistic integrity. Yes. 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 A certain level yeah, of integrity yeah. where yeah. said, you know, at least if this is a narrative I want to push, yeah. if I want to per- push this narrative, I at least have to have these facts that lead, yeah. you know, in a linear way to push that narrative. Yes. Yeah. Now we're just shooting from the hip, right. you know, all over. So while that narrative used to exist, a certain level of journalistic integri- integrity, yeah. there was always the money, the influence, sure. and when you have a certain story that there's certain entities that have money or influence that may not want you to publish that. Right. Those were always there. Exist, you know, mm-hmm. coexisting in our society. Now, um, yeah. I think the like yeah, the, the attempt to amplify this thing as fake news is an attempt to literally for us not to have faith in anything whatsoever. Right. Okay. So that there can be chaos okay. so that people can more believe in in mm-hmm. people's narrative that support this gentleman who yeah. is our president. Well, okay. so did this, the view of yours came about after the 2016 elections? Or was it? What view of um, of the Of how you feel about the, um, what the media's intentions? Not, not having faith in Not having faith. I don't have a, don't have a general broad, right. I don't have a broad idea of what the media's intention is. So I'm, I'm not sure. Gotcha. Well, so what do you get your source of news from? I'm just curious. He's asking when your disenchantment happened after 2016. Was it after 16? Or did you have faith? I don't have a specific disenchantment. That's why I announced it's based on. Based on you want to know based on what? But since when, though? He wants to know when, why, what caused it, what, what... I'm a person that, like, continuously... So since day one, you just were so not about the news. No, that's not what I'm saying. He oh, wants to know when did that change. I, I understand or, that, and I'm answering it, and I'm saying that um, I'm a perpetually progressing individual, so that as things change, right. I continuously analyze and change, and my, my views evolve. So I don't have an, an answer for you that there's a specific point. Wait, do you have... Can I tell you mine? Am I talking too much? No. Okay, can I tell you mine? I know exactly when. Whatever. You ask when she leaves. My bad. You ask the wrong person. I looked at Darren. I looked at Darren. She's going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, she asked that. Instead Yo, of I was on a plane coming from uh, wherever the hell, and I ended up sitting next to this guy. Michael Drysdale. I'll never forget, because what a cool name, Drysdale. Anyway, he sat next to me, and he used to work in, oh, uh, Yemen? No. Wow. No. That's Crazy. Wrong. 
before Not Qatar. Yeah. Uh, in the Middle East. Yeah, in the Middle East. Okay. Oman. Oh, in, yeah. in the oil world. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. And uh, he was there uh, doing oil stuff, and he'd be there for a certain set of months, uh, and then he'd get a ton of money, and then be able to go wherever he wanted. So we were discussing this. Yeah. And he was telling me, I was living in Siberia wow. doing some oil rigging uh, in and around the Ukraine um, situation. So with Russia and Sochi time. So what the hell was that several years ago? Sochi. Great. Uh, several years ago. And he was explaining to me that he was living with a student who spoke Russian and English. And there was on the news a Ukrainian woman who was being interviewed by like and MSNBC. I'm not, I don't know exactly who I just went with that one. And it was being translated live. Mm. And oh no, that's not gonna work. Okay. Oh, gonna work. Um, and Michael Dreisel was telling me that his roommate popped out of his room upon overhearing the live translation and said, that is not what she's saying. The translator is bit by bit saying the wrong information. Ukrainians do not want and obviously do not enjoy Russian invasion um, and went down the gamut of all the things that had happened there mm. that the news translator right. funded by the conglomerate of this news organization, right, who wants to put a certain narrative out onto their outlet and continue to cause fear or whatever, what have you. Um, was blatantly inaccurate. And if anyone that just spoke Russian could just be like, no, I, I, this to me is, I am incredulous at, at how obviously inaccurate some of the news is and therefore I am deterred by all of it. That was the moment that I thought. It happens at all levels. My, my it was, was American um, news? It was American news. Yeah. That was stationed oh, in, that was stationed in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. My mm -hmm. issues started that? with the news, with Telemundo, and what's the other one? Uh, Univision. Um, because like you, I was the guy bust through that door at my parents' house and say, they're fucking lying, and I'm gonna tell you why. Mm -hmm. um, they run their media on a lot of fear, right? And they, in, instead of graphic fear, and what they do is they tell you about how much you're in danger and how much Trump is a piece of shit and how much our country hates immigrants and how much you are a victim and, and how much you're different. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, they'll tell you, guess what? We're about to have a lot of rain and a lot of sun and then, and then food and then how to clean your house. So it's like the stereotypical Spanish news for years on end. So I got pissed, right? So I came home to my what? parents' house and I was like, look, I'm tired of this shit. We need to talk. So then uh, my dad was like, all right, I'm serious, it happened just like that. Because he was, he was on this like pro-Obama vote, and I was like, you know what, I can't vote yet, all right, so I'm with you, bucket, new black guy in president, and sure, sure, sure. Like this, let's do it, you know, I'm, I'm down. Second time, I'm like, no. And he's like, why? I'm like, first time they fool you, shame on them. Right. Second time they yes. fool you, shame on you, you know? And um, he was like, why, tell me. I'm like, look. These are immigration laws, and this is what the news is telling you. This is what the country wants to do. This is what it's doing. It's not fucking working, okay? You have an opportunity in this country as an immigrant to progress, do what you gotta do, build a business, live how you wanna live. Yes. 
If you came here illegally and you are here illegally, guess what? There's avenues you can take to get your papers. There's avenues you can take Correct. to get citizenship. There's even loopholes that you can exploit that they refuse to fix so that you can get papers. Yes. Right? So in other countries, these loopholes don't exist. These avenues don't exist. There's countries where if I marry a citizen, I'm still not a citizen. That's correct. Yeah, you know, here it exists. Here there's, I don't know how many different visas you can apply for. You can get denied a thousand times, you can keep applying, right? There's not an active, uh, there's not an active Gestapo team on the street looking for illegals. You are on the radar once, hold on. You are, you are on the radar once you once you commit a crime, once your fingerprints are in the system, once you're once you're registered with the FBI because you went to jail, sure. once you have an aggravated felony, once you once you once you uh, um, commit a crime of moral turpitude involving right. moral turpitude, right? That's the word. These are issues that my community doesn't know. They think that walking down the street, I don't have papers, I can just get tackled and and get deported. Look, it's happened. It's happened. But when you look into it, all right, this guy had 36 outstanding parking tickets from like 97. This guy sold drugs and got a felony, did time, was released. 20 years later, ICE is, all right, let's go down through the list, see who we got. All right, this guy got a felony back in 2002, did two years in prison, aggravated felony, crime against moral turpitude. All right, he qualifies for deportation. It sucks. It does. Happened in 2002, that was such a long time ago. Why am I getting deported now? It sucks, it exists. But you know what? It's a law, it's the system, you gotta abide, I abide by it, my, fam my family abide by it. Kim's hot! And she's hot, but check this out, I'm about, I'm about, I'm about to lay my cards out on the table. I'm, I'm gonna put my, law, my, my cards out on the table, right? I went, I went to go kill somebody. I did, I was so pissed. I said, you know what? It was a moment where he was coming for me. And this guy was a drug addict. This guy smoked water. And if anyone in our, in our smoke. So one day he did that. And he was waving a gun around saying, I'm going to take out myself. I was washing dishes at a restaurant when I found that out. At that moment, it was like, all right, this guy's my neighbor. This guy knows where I go. This guy's my best friend. So I said, you know what? I got to do it. I was young. I didn't know anybody. I didn't worry about going to the cops. I didn't. I just, I had to make a decision. I went to go do what I had to do. What happened, it was like a video game. I had to, write, I had to fight three bosses before I got to him. So I was held by his father and, his, and whatever, and his brother, and you know, I was stabbed seven times, right? I went through the whole thing. I pissed myself, shit myself. Things were coming out of me. And who saved my life? A police officer. He came in, busted through the door with a shotgun, looked at me, dropped the shotgun, and just held me, and, and, I was, and he's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I'm sorry, he's like, why are you sorry? I was like, I'm pissing on you. He's like, that's your body, just let it go, all right? So I moved on, uh, got to the operating room, woke up in life support, went to jail, did the whole thing, went to court, did the whole thing, and they were telling me, look, you know, you aren't a citizen yet, you know, you're not illegal, you're not a citizen yet, um, you're facing 10 years and deportation, this is where your charges are. And you went to the house and you started all this shit and it looks like you're losing. Right? Mind you, graduated high school, paid my way through college, uh, got a degree, um, helped out whoever I could help out. Uh, I wasn't a bad person. My life was in danger and 
this guy was a menace to society. His rap sheet goes back to like 12 years old, right? Um, guess what happened? Years later, um, during the Trump administration, uh, I never snitched. I, I never even made a statement. You know, they were I'm like, look, you have enough information to know what the fuck happened. I, I'm, I'm not going on the stand. Mind you, he's a blood, and there's other groups in my neighborhood that I used to hang around with that I don't anymore. And, then, and if this would came out that I'm on the stand, me, my brother looks just like me. My brother could be like my son. He can get it. Him going to the uh, to the mall, to bowling, whatever, he can mm. get it, right? So I thought about these things. And I was like, I'm, I'm a public figure in my community. Like, this can't happen. They're like, look, just don't take the stand. Just tell us what happened. Give us your story about what happened. Make a statement. We'll take it from there. And I'm getting to something with this story. So he, um, I just said, look, I woke up, I went to work, someone called me, this is what happened. I knew the individual, I had to make a move, this is what happened. Okay. I walked away during the Trump administration during, with this charge, with a $100 fine, and he's doing 25 to life. So what happened? What did I feel? I felt like, I fucking love my country. Like, they saw my case. Like, they they looked at it, and they said, you know what, this guy's not a menace to society. This guy got, had very few options. He made the wrong one, but he had very few options. He chose the wrong one, but he learned from his mistakes. And since that day, he's just been moving forward. This guy is a piece of shit, hasn't been doing anything when he's like, let's get rid of him and give this guy a second chance. So in front of Judge Steele, I told him, I was like, look, I really hope I never see you again. She said, what are you talking about? I hope I see you, just not in here. I walked out feeling like, I fucking love the USA. Like, what country can you go, go kill somebody, and then walk, walk away from it? Because they know, they know how pure your heart was. Your intentions weren't like to commit homicide, you were defending yourself. So, why I feel like that about uh, immigration laws, and why I feel like we're in a country where we're the best fucking country is because of my personal experience and how so many people in my situation, you know, could benefit from these stories. Hence why I wanted to join Little Brother Little Sister. You know, like, there's other things you can do with your life instead of always feeling like the victim and having to, to attack. You have other avenues to take. And we live in a country where, where that all works. You know? so, and I want to say, oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fast forward through that. But no, no, when you're that was, editing, just, no, no, that was, absolutely that was, real. That, was, that was real. Thank you yeah. for that. that. And I want to say, it's a blessing, you know, to have you here. It's a blessing that you had that experience, that life changing experience yeah. that brought you here. And I think we're all happy to have you here. Um, and as you mentioned, you are utilizing your very personal experience. And through you telling that story, you're utilizing specific and every piece of that experience to apply it to the whole. And while we're blessed and thankful to have you here, there's so many individuals that aren't able to say the same. Um, and although your experience is miraculous, that by and large, that is not what happens throughout this country. Um, for a lot of people that look like you, um, that look like me, and that look like a lot of our cousins, that's just not what happens by and large across the country. And, and we, we, we've had the conversation about you know, your concern or lack thereof of what happens in places that are not far from you. Um, and again, you're, because of your personal life experiences, your ideas are well-founded, um, but I just would caution you to also just have the perspective of understanding, while that has been an incredible blessing in your life, that is not one that is shared, on, even on average, in your everyday situation, 
across the country. There's people that haven't come near to a situation that you've encountered and couldn't sit in this table with us because they are dead. Um, that actually have done nothing because they're dead. And those are also individual experiences, but there's so many mm. of them to speak of that, um, and, and that's why I would love to have a conversation with you after, afterwards to even just talk about the foundational history of this country because I think perspective is important in every conversation. So whenever I say something to you, I don't want you to ever think, I don't think you have that I'm attacking you because I'm nah. not. But we're from Agatha, yeah. so we, we just have that yeah. like, go, just right. yeah, yeah. go attitude. Yeah, know? but there's conversations I think that a lot of us have, and that's honestly, this is not our conversation. This is why we should be talking about education in schools because there's so many things that we don't learn that the media ends up using to like fuel our, you know, their their objective so that we can go out in society and push what they believe. Um, but it's not found. It's not foundational. It's, you know, it's not. It doesn't come from a foundation of fact and what's actually happened. What laws have actually influenced people? What what our police force is actually made of from our history? Not saying that it still exists um, all over today, but there's just so many different things that um, maybe it's an, another conversation for another episode. These are but, a whole lot of. But I definitely yeah. personally, like, <laughs> right, you got the pen, the baby. No, but personally, I want to have that conversation for with you. sure. I'm, I'm with you. Speaking to what you said, like I feel like we need to start teaching children how to read news and discern if news are is fake or true. Like a lot of countries actually have this in their primary, secondary school education where they teach children. You gotta read more than one news site. <laughs> but also how yeah. many other countries have as many news outlets as there's other countries that have like these same kind of issues the problem is our the kid generation now they're getting their news from social media I mean it's just that we need to have that in our education system about like learning how to read news and discern what's true and what's not we need to teach teach that in our education like because it's not taught no it's not even taught to like basically have an interest in reading news honestly I don't I don't even feel like I you know, got into it more until much later in life, actually. So, Kim, what's up? Yeah. How you feeling? Yeah. How you feeling? I know, I know. I'll be like, I know. You know, you're hot. Radiate. Radiate. Let them know. So much. Let me know. Let me know. Parcel's ready. There's just a lot to unpack, right? You said a lot there. Clearly, I have on my abolished ice. Right. To me, they are the fucking Gestapo. Like, yeah. you're meeting motherfuckers at the border who are trying to escape awful shit in their country. Kids are dying in detainment mm. because they look a certain fucking way. Mm. Are, are, are immigrants who come from European countries getting treated the same fucking way? Mm. No. This goes down to a deeper, there's a deeper systemic foundational uh, country. And, and I'm going to ask you, were you born in Colombia or born yeah. So I think, I think. I find this, and it surprises me, but I feel like I find it more frequently than I expect from people who have emigrated here. Um, yes. I feel like America is a land of opportunity. Mm. As a black person that was born here mm. and understands, again, that this shit was built on genocide mm. and on the backs of black people, mm. this is not a land of opportunity for people who look like me, mm. look like him. Mm. This is a land of, if you were black, mm. your fucking brains would have been on the wall that day. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking land that we live in, mm-hmm. and I think to 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 it's hard for me to to see how you could see the bullshit that goes on here mm-hmm. and feel like like it was just your lucky day. But he doesn't really, though. 
You gotta remember, he doesn't care nothing that happens outside of his own camp. That's it. What I did appreciate about what you said, and if we're keeping it funky here, yes, like it's about your personal experience. You were speaking, so yes, you feel like, damn, I got fucking lucky. This is the greatest place in the world. Ask Michael Brown if this is the greatest place in the world. Ask Sandra Bland. Ask John Crawford. You can, you can get it any day for being a black person in America. And that shit is hard. And and to look at people who say, to look at people who 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 feel like um, well let me just throw these shackles on and shuffle and go along with what the, the systemic uh, what these institutions are telling me and what white patriarchy tells mm-hmm. me all you're doing is perpetuating and uh, moving forward these systems that have been that are oppressive to almost everybody unless you're a fucking white man mm-hmm. the bottom line alright um Everything you said? Well, I haven't heel checked with that at all. So, Kim, I wholeheartedly disagree 100% with you. And uh, I'll begin the, regarding the immigration front. Mm-hmm. As a legal immigrant whose family took five to six years of waiting patiently mm-hmm. in the third world to come to America and waiting another five years to become citizens and spend thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to become citizens, we are not the same as those people, as anyone hopping the southern border trying to get in here. Okay, we didn't we didn't cut the line. Can I hold you real quick? Yeah. We are not the same. No, we're no, we're absolutely no. There's a weird sense of feeling like you have to be part of this. Like to me, that reads as I want to be as close to white culture as I can be. Don't look at me like I'm a brown person or I am different. I am just like you. Fuck those people it's, that look just like let, me. Let, let, no, it's about following rule of law. Yeah, there is, you know, there's a process. So, what about the people in the, for example, your family's from Bangladesh. There is no border to hop to get to America. It's funny you mentioned because so, my dad was a refugee and he, he he looks at what's happening right now in America and he's just, he just like shrugs his shoulders flippantly and he's like, yeah, everybody wants to come to this country. And he just like so, moves yeah. off to the next No, but that's okay. That's a good point you just made. So yeah. if America is so bad and so terrible, why is there no, there's no countless amount of people still trying to risk their lives to come to America? Now, I'm the son, it's so I'm it's the son better, of know? a janitor and a, the, and, 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 a, um, and a housekeeper mother. You know? Parents were not educated. All they can give me was a hug, love, and affection to get me through. You know? I will always be grateful for this country because it provided me with the resources to to come from the third world, settle in the South Bronx, you know, in the projects, and then crawl my way out, and then, you know, to um, live a pretty decent life, and, um, you know, and, uh, and, and really be grateful for, for the resources that were offered to me, you know? Now, you, you mentioned that, you know, people of color, you know, we're, we're, no one, okay, no one alive today was either a slave or a slave owner. We have to get that mentality out the way. Because if you keep passing that on to the next generation, that automatically... So what generations have no, been like no. disenfranchised, you, even past slavery? No, no, no. Neo is coming from a neutral place, like positive place. No, it's, it is a positive place. It is. You know what I mean? No, no. I don't have a kid. I don't, I don't. I'm not. You know. I'm, I don't have children. But if I had a kid, right? And you know, I, I would not tell my kid right off the bat. Like, listen, you come from. You know, you're a descendant of oppressed people who were treated miserably, or whatever, or so forth like that. Sure. I would let them know that. Listen, 
You are amazing. You will achieve anything you want. You put your mind to, and you focus on that, as opposed to this really oppressive history that you know that our ancestors faced. I think that well, found you should tell them both. Well, I think that I think that in a utopian society, you come from a good place, right? And the offering is not as simple as this or that. And while I think that in a utopian society, you come from a good place, I have to respectfully say that. Um, you lack foundation, foundational factual perspective. Because when you say that it's about following the rule of law, the reason why that's so triggering to Kim um, and myself as black Americans is because oh, since the beginning of um, what we call the United States of America, there have been laws that would, someone would be following the rule of law that would make my existence illegal, um, that would make... Um, People like people's existence illegal in certain spaces that we now would say, oh, this is reasonable. So while you say, I mean, not even reasonable, expected, like, and we should be entitled to be here. So I think a little bit of the tone of what you say comes off, um, again, lacking perspective, as well as elitist in a, in a some way. Because when you say we are not like them, um, there's no there's no use for that statement except for of a personal feeling which comes off as elitist. Um, additionally, um, again, just, just foundationally, we have to have perspective. Following the rule of law, like when you say statements like that, if we're about following, we can't, if we're going to hold on to that, what are we holding, like what are we holding to? Our moral values, what we feel and what we believe about humanity has to, has to hold stronger than quote unquote following the rule of law because the rule of law in America has been fucked up since inception. My boy here so, was referring to immigration, right? So I mean, no, but I'm saying that's an important concept. Totally, that's totally an important concept. With you, you you really got to go to the bathroom, and so does 19 other people on this line, right? And that bathroom stall is moving. <laughs> it's moving. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're, it's moving. It's like, oh, it's like, hold on, I'm serious. I'm just like, wow, wow, wow. We're sticking, we're sticking, we're sticking here. Look, I gotta go. So I need, look, okay. I need to go. Hold on, I need to go. I'm like number 12. But that bathroom is moving, all right, fuck it. I'm 12, I'll be up soon. Some dude parks his car, runs. No, I really gotta go. I'm like, nah, dude, I just waited. I'm number 12, now I'm number two. No, 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 I got to go. But there's never a situation where someone who maybe would be, you would see as disabled or pregnant or in a situation where you'd be like, you can pop in front of me. Let me know. So at that moment, put yourself in in that scenario. Put yourself there. I'm just, I'm just being honest. You're number two after you were number twelve, and you're really batter up to go use that restroom, and you wait patient. You really gotta go, and someone just part, jump through a whole crowd and everything, and is about to go in that bathroom. What do you do? See, I think that's no, it's just simple. I'm not calling immigration. Just what would you do? Bro, yeah, just just answer, bro. It's not black and white, but you can't though. Because no, I'm not talking immigration. You, you, you are just, you're you're just, just, you're just, just I'm talking about, about the scenario. What would you do? You know what I would do? No, motherfucker. I gotta use the bathroom. So does everyone else. You're gonna have to wait, and I go use the bathroom. That's all I'm saying. Did I say anything about immigration? Did I say anything? About okay, but I'll say this. Also, that's actually. Let's, let's use, use this. She's not a woman. She's let's not pregnant. It's not handicapped. Let's use it. It's, it's so much identical to you. Let's rip it. Because that's, that's revelatory, I think, about our individual beliefs and how we would, and, and how we would act in certain situations. Because that scenario has happened. And because I know I'm going to get there in situations, unless I got a piss, 
Like right now? Bro, you, no, you don't have to you piss, piss right now. No, you got to piss more than I do, so you can go ahead. Okay, what would you, you know do? What I'm saying? Uh, like, no, uh, I got to use it just as much as you got to use it. Okay. So, um, sorry, man. But you know that the context well, of this conversation yeah, is... Really yes. I think the beer's part in saying that, that <laughs> this area of the table is American, like very American, bringing Americanisms with us and like having that viewpoint solely and only, right? So that's, that, I don't know if that's elitist, like saying that Neil is elitist or having elitist thoughts. I didn't say, say he's elitist, I said what he's saying, you gotta watch the tone of that. Ah, oh, the tone is elitist and that can, that's understandable. I can understand. Is tone a thing? Yes. yes. Yeah, tone is a thing or something. Um, but I think just having traveled the world and being in mainly homogenous countries as opposed to this one, which is not as homogenous as like, if you go to Portugal, there are Portuguese people. If you go to Ghana, they're Ghanaian. If you go here, they're there um, or whatever. So like when I, I, I don't know, I'm born here. I'm from here. So, but I have found in my travels that people that want to emigrate here um, have your viewpoint. And I'm just curious of your thought on the immigration is, is, is the mindset, I mean, you're this completely because I don't, I don't know how to really be PC about it, but like the mindset of those that immigrate here from whether it be um, South American countries to Southeast Asian countries, it, I think that there's an immigration mindset mm. that comes. And it's like, I need to take advantage of the opportunities that are in that country and I can get an education and I can do this and I can do this if I do it legally. As opposed to um, the, the much more super humane, um, everybody should have equality viewpoints um, of those that are often in America and are American. It's, a, it's, a, it's a family thing. I was I thinking of that as I was talking. You know, it's... A lot of people think like Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You are who I've come across on the road Please. Sorry. Um, most often. And it's when I come back here that Americans are so, um, but there are so many victims. <laughs> um, and if we're talking about like immigrants only. No. Um, that's not my viewpoint for them. Okay. That's I don't think that there's so many victims. I think that's very, I think it's very American to victimize. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's a, that's a very American thing. And, and in particular we're, we're, traveling in a group specifically of mainly Americans for the majority of a year where it was like super victimization and I thought, well, we don't know the history of, you know, I always go back to, you know, Portugal decolonized their five African um, colonies in the 70s, okay? They are behind. If you are born in Portugal and your daddy isn't Portuguese, you're not Portuguese. We're one of the only Western right. countries that allow birthright citizenship. Actually, the no, only the only. I mean, that's one. just that's just an interesting right. point that not everybody knows. Right. I'm just no. watching it. Really? Can, yes. Yes. Birthright. Well, Canada, Canada, Canada allows Australia? it too. No, ca no, it doesn't. It's only America. It is America. So no, it does not. What's the word? Only America. I said one of the. Let's not misconstrue my words. One of the only Western nations. But Canada's not one. Neil, before you go, before I just want to say this. What's important? as a foundation of this conversation too is to understand the things that you like love about America were not things that were given. Fine. Those things were fought for. Okay. Those things were fought for by a lot of people in order to like buy by immigrants, by people of color, by yes. women, in order to those so the thing when we look at America, 
it, we have to accept all of it. You know, and that's the problem that I think I have a, a lot of these conversations mm-hmm. is that we're not looking at you know the full 360 view of history. You know, from the beginning, the good and the bad, everything. So the reason I believe this is an opinion that I believe that people um, who come to America and believe that you know you should do so illegally is because people, by and large, who are not from here, buy into the American propaganda, like the idea that this is this great place, like this is okay. like purposefully perpetuated American propaganda that we live in this utopian society, right? Sure, yeah. sure. So I mean, and because sure. of that, yeah, yeah. and that's why yeah. you know people believe like, yo, I'm going to go to this place, right. and of course, while we have a lot of these rights and liberties, right, and while we have a lot of these rights and liberties that other countries yeah, yeah. don't have. So, Those things right. were fought for, you know. I mean, again, foundationally, you know, the bill. Of, what we're talking about the, the bill of rights. No, but I'm saying a lot of things that right. exist in today's society that you know you hold in high regard have been fought for over the last. Just a good question. So, do you the 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 American experience is for you? Is it is a is a, is a glass half full or half empty? See again, I, you, you a lot of your questions have been this or that. It's not. It's much more convolute. Like convolute. That I'm, I'm not a this. Well, let's, let's, let's make it a uh, no, I'm very black. I think there was. Well, yes. It's, 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 so that's, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a different mindset. People are born in a different country and came here. It's, they, it's black and white. Yeah, it's, 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 it's different. It's, it's different. Right. We have different but, mindsets. Yeah. No, but it's not even a thing. But that's still. Yeah, it's still. It's false. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be this or that because it's not this or that. Like, America is not this or that. In this country. It's not. Yeah, right. It's, yes. It is not. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Yeah. From history, from how laws have been created, developed, but what are we overturned, etc. What are we talking we're, about? We were talking about the mindset. We were talking about the view, how we view things, Black how we view what America is. Okay, so yeah, right. how did I view All America? Right. All right. So when I visited my country for the first time after I beat my case and all this bullshit. I touched down and I was ready for like Disney World, right? I'm gonna see my parent, my my parents' parents, I'm gonna see my cousins, I'm gonna party. I'm gonna... Mm-hmm. All that did happen, but then I also experienced ridiculous racism because as the days went on, I got really darker and darker, and it w- I would ah. not stop getting darker. Oh, yeah. So I reached the shade I never reached in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> so pigmentation's real. Yeah. Oh. So so Pigmentism. I awesome shit. Like I walk in the bathroom. Oh, I'm new. Yeah, right? Yep. So now I'm going to restaurants and I'm going to hotels, yep. right? I'm, I'm trying to think you work outside. And I got, what, 200 bucks, 200 American dollars in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Times that by 3,000, that's how much pesos I got. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm lit. I'm, I'm, I'm great, right? right? He don't know that, but they're like, you have a room here? Let me see your ID. Right. And I was like, whoa, this is how it feels? This is how it feels, right? <laughs> so I'm not coming to you from like uh, an oblivious, like, oh, my life has always been cake. No, I've experienced some in my home country. Uh, I experienced racism, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, while I'm here, I don't experience that. While I'm over there, it exists. Yeah, I think a lot of immigrants, like, America sucks. But you know, their other countries suck more or something. Oh no, you know? I do not agree. Like, Most Americans that waited a long time. No, immigrants, like immig- that. Li- yes, yeah. immigrants who waited a long time to come to America for the American right. do not think America sucks. No, they think uh, they okay. maybe they don't acknowledge that America sucks because they they know that their country sucks more, basically. No, <laughs> no. I don't think America sucks. No, no. Um, no. When are we gonna go to America? <laughs> 
And that's a wrap. If you liked what you heard, please rate us. Also, ensure you've subscribed on YouTube so you can put some faces to some names. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Anderson Street TV. Until next time.